0: Hello, hello, welcome to Choderhead Sports here, coming to you live from Boston, Massachusetts, home of the greatest sports teams in the world. We've got the Red Sox, the Bruins, the Celtics, and Super Bowl champion Patriots. You know, I'm, I'm going to never stop saying Super Bowl champion Patriots, not until the start of the season, because that Super Bowl was awesome. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so let's just jump right in today, February 23rd, 2017, although obviously 2017, It is the NBA trade deadline at 3 o'clock is the last possible, 2.59, I guess, is the last possible time that any team can make a trade for this season, and boy, have the Celtics been in a lot of discussions here. There's like seven or eight free agents that are, are not free agents, seven or eight trades coming the Celtics way, possibly, of all these different people, you know, and the Celtics have been in the news you know, with with so many different things going on, so let's just dive let's just dive right into it. So first off, let's talk about isaiah Thomas's you know his his Twitter fingers a little bit. you know, on Twitter, he's been you know he's been kind of famous for dropping like little hints um about about either big signings, you know, so the last few days he's tweeted out just a pair of eyeballs, like looking, and he did that. He tweeted out that same you know, emoji back when we signed Al Horford. So a lot of people are, are using that as a, okay, that means someone big's coming. You know, not big as like a big man, but just like a big trade or something's going to happen to the Boston. And then he also, I think yesterday, tweeted out like an hourglass, which a lot of people either interpret that as, okay, that means that just like, oh, the the trade deadline is is happening. So like, obviously like we're on the block. Or, on the clock, uh, not on the block, on the clock. Or, it means that it's not that very long until the big deal comes out. So, interpret it as, as you want. I think it's just Isaiah Thomas kind of having fun poking at, you know, all of the fans trying to, you know, all these trade rumors and everything, trying to figure out what's going to happen. Uh, so, so kudos to you, Isaiah Thomas. You definitely um, like to torture your fans and, and make us wonder what's going to happen next. Um, so, let's, you know, without further ado, let's just entertain all of these trade rumors. So, from, from all of the possible, you know, trades I guess the Celtics could make, I've heard, you know, six or seven that really stand out. So, one is to try to trade for Carmelo Anthony. There's Jimmy Butler. There's Paul George. There is Vucevic from the Magic. Um, there's Blake Griffin from you know the Clippers so there's Andre Drummond even from the Pistons so there's a lot of you know possible things that could be happening here and when I look at that group I definitely like Paul George the most as just a a player that I think would change this Celtics team into a contender like instantly it's I think it's Paul George maybe Jimmy Butler um But you know, for the reasons of Paul George, just look at what he's been able to do. You know, throughout his career so far, the the Pacers have been to Western Conference Finals. They've been in the playoffs. Um, He was injured. I think last year he had a really nasty leg injury. If you haven't seen it, you just Google Paul George like leg injury, and he's he's playing for. It was it was when he was on the U.S men's national team and he just like snapped his leg. Oh, it was just gruesome. Um, but he's better now. He's been, you know, falling out. So I wouldn't, you know, be too cautious of that injury. It's not like something that you think would happen again. It was just like a freak incident. So anyways, you know, just look, he he's he's an all around player. He can shoot the ball from anywhere on the court. Deep threes, corner threes, you know, you know, elbow turnaround jumpers he can get to the he can get to the rim. He can drive well, he can lay up, he can dunk. He's an awesome dunker. He's you know, he 360 dunked one time just for just for no apparent reason in the middle of a game. He just 360 dunked just because he can. You know, he's just that he's just that kind of guy. He's like a super athletic, super talented player and I would love to see him, you know, wearing green. I think that would be the move that makes the Celtics not only in contention with Cleveland, but adding Paul George, I might be willing to say we would be the favorites—not the favorites, but we're not gonna really be an underdog. It would be a seven-game series, comes down to like the the wire. You know what I mean? With especially with the Kevin Love injury and J.R. Smith to Cleveland, if 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 um, if Kevin Love can't go, then the Celtics win the series. If they have Paul George, hands down, no problem. I like with the, with the, with the East being so close, you bring Paul George in here, the Celtics might be the one seed. You know what I mean? He's just that kind of guy that can go toe to toe with LeBron. He has, you know, pretty much his entire career has every time the Pacers make the playoffs, it's usually stalled out by LeBron's team. So I think that with a with Paul George is used to playing LeBron and if he has a better roster around him like Horford and and Isaiah and a coach like Brad Stevens, I think Paul George could be the guy to to, to throw in LeBron and and get the Celtics to the finals and I know he the, the one downside to Paul George is that right now his contract he's he's in contract till the end of this year and then also till the end of next season so you'd be trading for him and you'd have him for one and a half seasons guaranteed and there's been a lot of talk of him possibly wanting to go back to the Lakers uh, because that's where... Well, not back to Lakers, but go back to L.A. and play for the Lakers because that was where he grew up and that was a team he loved. And, you know, Magic Johnson becoming the head of basketball operations there certainly makes it a more enticing place to play just because, you know, I mean, that would be like a lot of like kids nowadays Growing up playing baseball and David Ortiz is the the head of baseball operations. Like you want to go play for him, that's the guy you love to watch. Um, but you know all that aside, if Paul George, you know, were to be traded to the Celtics and then leave in a year and a half, then the Celtics organization would be so just screwed. Really, I mean, there's no other way to put it. You to get Paul George, you're gonna have to trade the Nets pick, which is gonna be like a number one pick. You're going to have to trade like a Jay Jay Crowder or like a Marcus Smart, Avery Bradley. You might even have to give up two of those guys or two picks. You know, so it's it's not necessarily going to be easy. I'm okay with, you know, I know this is a strong NBA draft class coming up, and I know the Celtics are in really good position to get the number one overall pick because the Nets are so bad, but I'm not... I'm not wanting a draft pick in someone you have to develop, you know, three, four years from now. I want a guy who can win in the league now, who knows how to play. You don't have to baby him and coach him, and, you know, he's not going to be all wide eyed in the show. He's going to know what to do, he's going to help the team win now. So getting rid of the, the pick, I am totally fine with that. Getting rid of the pick for a player that you might only have for a year and a half. All right, not okay with that. Giving away Crowder and Bradley or Crowder and Smart or Smart and Bradley for a guy who's only going to play with you for a year and a half, not really okay with that. I definitely don't want the Celtics to basically say these next year and a half, you know, this year, the end of this year, and and all of next year are our two years to make a crack at the finals. And if we don't, well, we tried. Like, I don't want that to happen. I want, like, a sustained you know run at the at the finals for multiple years and I think that if you can guarantee or if you can lure Paul George to stay with the Celtics long term and not just stay here for a year and a half and then leave if that's like somehow possible to guarantee then yeah I definitely want him but if it's not, then I definitely see the Celtics moving in another direction, maybe signing or trading a Jimmy Butler or an Andre Drummond. So that's, that's my wish is to get Paul George and get him long term. If that's not going to happen, your next best, best option is, is Jimmy Butler. He's like a shooting guard, small forward kind of guy. He plays for the Chicago Bulls and he's just a flat out monster too. He can score. If you remember a couple nights ago when the Celtics were playing the Bulls and there was like a really bad call at the end. Anyways, the guy who got sent to the line to hit the two clutch free throws within, you know, with the fourth quarter coming down, they needed to score buckets, you know, they needed two and he got to. It was Jimmy Butler. So he's clutch. We've we've seen it with our own eyes. You know, three, four games ago, no, no, maybe it was only the it was the last game before the all-star break. Yeah. He played phenomenal. You know he's the type of guy that that also he's not as offensively dominant as Paul George as far as like, you know, obviously he's he's nasty. He's an all star. He's a great player. But I don't look at him and say that guy could match up to LeBron well. like he's he's good. He can shoot the ball. You know, he doesn't attack the rim the same way. He's not as ferocious. But I definitely, definitely, definitely would love to see him in green too because the Celtics need, in reality, Mello, Griffin, Drummond, Vucevic, those other four guys. Cool. That would be a cool trade. But the guys who really give you a chance to beat Cleveland there's only two, and it's Jimmy Butler and Paul George. Those are the two that necessarily. It's not like they're LeBron-esque. It's not like they're have the key to beating them. But those two, are, those are the only two guys that I really see completely changing. You know, this Celtics roster, not roster, but but changing the the tempo of the game. You know, changing the the whole offensive flow. Like they're the two guys that. When you have them on your team, along with Isaiah and Horford, that's a big three that I like. I don't really look at, like, Carmelo Anthony, Isaiah, and Horford as this big, scary tandem. Carmelo Anthony's washed up. He's a good player, never could win, you know, and a lot of people have a lot of questions on, you know, his intensity and whatnot, and that's fine. But um, I definitely want people to know that jimmy butler and paul george are like the most likely gonna take you to the promised land carmelo anthony's old all right andre drummond's a big man you tr- if you trade for him right he can't shoot free throws at all so you're giving away possible draft picks and and possible star players like marcus smart you don't really know what he can turn into he's still young or Jalen brown right he's a rookie you don't really know what they can turn into you could be giving up guys to get Andre Drummond, and Andre Drummond's the kind of guy who you don't want on the court with the last two minutes of the game because they're just gonna hack him and send him to the line. so as far as you know getting up getting pieces that actually put you over the hump and make you a an elite team is is just Jimmy Butler and um Paul George and if you look at Jimmy Butler this year. You know his stats his stats are pretty good. he's averaging well, it depends on you know what people find important, but he's averaging twenty four points a game, uh which is the highest so far of his career last year he was twenty and then the year before he was twenty so he's progressed uh this is only his like sixth year in the league, seventh year in the league so he's he's got what it takes to um you know he's continually improving over over his years he's been an all-star the last three game uh last three years he averages right around five assists so you know he's a 25 and 5 kind of player um you know he's he's got a great uh free throw percentage he's right around 87 which you know compared to like a drummond or whatever that you, the other people you could get he's definitely the kind of guy that you wouldn't be like cringing if he's gonna shoot the ball from three he's all right he's right around 34 percent from three which I'll take that right if he shoots six threes that means he's making two of them like okay I'm okay with that um his field goal percentage is right around 45 uh so you know he's the kind of guy that and he also logs you know a lot of time he logs like 36 minutes a game so You know, he plays a lot, he plays hard, he shoots the ball well, and, you know, right now, I would definitely put him as a top 15 player in the NBA, and that's what the Celtics need. They need, like, a top-tier player. They don't need a Carmelo Anthony, who's, you know, used to be good. They don't need, you know, Blake Griffin, who, if, if you heard the deal for Blake Griffin that was, you know, pitched to the Celtics, it was Jay Crowder either Marcus Smart or Avery Bradley in the Nets pick. That is ridiculous. You don't you Blake Griffin is great, but he's not the kind of guy who's going to win you a championship. I think if you look at the Clippers, right, and you look at Chris Paul and and obviously Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, they had Jamal Crawford and JJ Redick and they've had all of these great players. And they haven't won anything? I mean, I don't even think they've made it out of, like, the second round of the playoffs. I and mean, they've got a good coach in Doc Rivers. So if you look at that roster, right, even take it back, like, three or three years ago when they had, you know, everyone was still fairly young and they couldn't win. Well, what makes you think Blake Griffin's a winner? What? What possibly, that he won the dunk contest because he dunked over a car no, he's a joke. All right, I'm pretty sure he, like, punched an assistant coach in the face and, like, broke his hand and was out for, like, several months last year or a couple years ago. He's, he's a guy that I don't like. I don't like that move. I think he's a bum. I don't want him anywhere near Boston except when we play him twice a year with the Clippers. I don't like him. You know, and, and giving up Smart and, and Crowder and the Nets pick for him, that's way too much. He's not that good. I'll guarantee you, Blake Griffin never wins a ring his entire year. Carmelo Anthony never wins a ring his entire career, even though his career is almost over. Neither, uh, I don't know if I said year or career, I meant to say Blake Griffin will never win a ring his entire career. Uh, Andre Drummond. Yeah, he's not Shaq, all right? He's not, like, dominating the game. Centers don't dominate the game the way they used to. That's why I wasn't big on the Boogie trade that that went down. You know, Boogie was... Traded to the Pelicans uh, and he was, DeMarcus Cousins is his real name, and he was a big free agent target for the Celtics, not free agent, uh, trade target for the Celtics, and he's a head case. You know, he's a guy who gets frustrated, gets technicals all the time, uh, freaks out at refs and coaches, and he's a great basketball player. He's got a lot of baggage, and on top of that baggage, he's a center. Nobody wants centers, at least I don't. I We've got Horford, he's great. I think if we get like a cheap rebounding center like Okafer and that would allow you to put Horford at the four instead of the five, I'm okay with that. But I don't want to have this blockbuster deal for a guy who can't even shoot a free throw in the last two minutes of the game. Uh, so, you know, that I guess that was kind of a big rant on some players that I don't want the Celtics to get. Um. Sorry if that was too harsh for you, Blake Griffin. Don't punch me in the face like you did your assistant. But Jimmy Butler and Paul George are really the two guys. Like I said, Jimmy Butler is averaging 25 and 5. Um, this year, uh, Paul George is averaging 22 points with three assists. And uh, he's also been in the league since 2010. And, you know, he's been an all-star the last—well, he's been an all-star four out of the last five years. 'Cause in two thousand fourteen and fifteen he was he was injured. Um you know, so to be honest, I'm okay. I'm okay with either of those two. I like Paul George better, but I'm not gonna freak out if we get Jimmy Butler. I think the two either of those two are the moves the Celtics need to make. And I don't wanna see Carmelo, unless you get him for cheap. I don't wanna see Blake Griffin. I don't wanna see Drummond, you know. I Those guys just don't have what it takes to win, I don't think. And, and the Celtics need winners, and none of those guys have proven to be winners. So, yeah, uh, that's where I'll stand with that. Hopefully the Celtics do make a move. That's the last thing I want, is us to just be content with most likely getting blown out in the playoffs. I want to see us at least make an effort. The pick is so useless to us, and... James Jameson Crowder has really disappointed me this year. I'm okay with moving him. I'm okay with moving Bradley. I'd like to keep smart. Bradley is, you know, I think teams look at Bradley and say he's, you know, been a defensive monster his whole career. Like last year, I think he was named defensive first team all pro, uh, which is a big deal. And the only problem with him is he's hurt a lot. So if other teams are willing to overlook that and want him, Rather than smart, give him away. Bradley's great, but where was Bradley in the playoffs last year? Where has Bradley been, you know, in the last few months? Months. He's been in the infirmary, all right? So I'm okay with getting rid of him. And the pick, listen, we don't need. We just, we drafted Jalen Brown last year. Um, you know, I don't really want another shooting guard, point guard, because that's all this draft class really has. So I'm okay with us trading away the pick. and hopefully. Um, you know, Danny Ainge makes a move that isn't gonna, you know, I just don't make a move just to make a move, you know what I mean, don't just give up the pick just to get rid of it, I want to at least see, uh, like, a real playmaker, and I think the only two real changes that the Celtics, that would, that would, really, the two moves that would change the Celtics, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, one of those two, please make it happen, Danny Ainge. So, Moving on from Celtics, uh, let's talk a little Bruins. Not a lot, but the the Bruins finally lost since firing Claude Julien. They played the Anaheim Ducks. He let in the puck like slid right between his legs, and then it was kind of just sitting there before it crossed the line. And he like moved his glove back and, and knocked it in. It w- it just didn't look good. Uh, I've seen too many of those kind of goals from Rask where he just it just soft ones getting in. And I kind of want this, the Bruins to move on from him. Obviously, you know, that's a whole different conversation for a whole other day. But prior to losing last night to Anaheim, the Celtics actually, I mean the Celtics, the Bruins actually did beat the San Jose Sharks 2-1 to one in overtime. It was a good, great game. You know, San Jose was, was in the Stanley Cup last year. So that's a win that I look at and say, okay, you know, not only did you just beat Montreal 4 nothing, but now you just beat the, you know, defending, I guess, like, Western, or, yeah, Western Conference champion, or whatever, um, so I, I was definitely glad to see them take down a, a very, uh, successful team, you know, the last few years, San Jose has been in the playoffs, and they've been good, so, since uh you know, since Claude Julian's taken over the the Canadians are one and one. They lost to the Winnipeg Jets, um three to one, and then they won they barely beat the Rangers. It went all the way to a shootout so they don't even get the full points for the win. And and it just wasn't you know, I really hope the Canadians fall off a cliff because of this signing. I know they were in first place and then they sign um they they get rid of their coach and sign Claude Julien and now I just hope they spiral down and I uh, hope uh the Ottawa Senators catch them. I think right now they're tied. Now they're 2 points behind. So Montreal's got a 2 point lead over Ottawa. Um anyways, so th- you know, the Bruins still still need to, you know, get used to the move, I think. It was it's, you know, anytime a new coach comes in, Even like the Red Sox a couple years ago when, you know, they were in last place and then uh, Farrell had cancer and they brought in someone new. It just kind of shakes it up. They went on a little bit of like a win streak or they had a good stretch of games, but you know, uh, it doesn't last, but maybe it will for the Bruins, let's hope. But tonight they play the uh, LA Kings and then they play the Stars and the Coyotes, so, you know, I think they're... They're definitely in position to make a a good run against some pretty okay teams. The Kings were they're they're pretty good, you know, they were better years ago. Um, you know, they've got a similar record to the Bruins. You know, the Stars aren't that great and the Coyotes aren't either. So there's some there's some games coming up that you expect the Bruins to win and hopefully they do because right now after making a move like getting rid of your head coach You don't want to see, like, steps backwards being taken and losing really easy games. So that's pretty much it for the Bruins. We'll just kind of keep them on the radar and see where where they go. But today, I've been waiting to say this forever, it's Red Sox game day. Yeah, you heard me right. Red Sox game day, February 23rd, 105. The Red Sox play Northeastern. Uh, it's, you know, just one of those games that they just play at college and I don't even know if it's on TV or not. I hope it is. I want to watch, but it's not the, it's not the grapefruit league doesn't start for another, um, couple of days, but right now the, the Red Sox will be in action. You will see some players. I know like Hanley Ramirez is doing stuff with the world baseball classic and whatnot. So, um, You know, there's no real, there's no, like, the only reason to really watch the game is to just, like, see Red Sox baseball again. It's not going to be, like, phenomenal. It's, you know, they're playing a bunch of college kids, so take it for what you want. But tomorrow is the official start. They play the Mets 105, and I'm going to looking forward to it. Uh, I don't know how often, you know, I'll be doing these podcasts because, like I said, we're kind of in a lull of sports right now. Uh, maybe just once a week instead of twice a week like I did during the NFL season because there was just a lot more to talk about. Maybe when the Red Sox actually started it'll be more like twice a week because there's so many games um that would have happened in, in a one week span. So we'll see. But uh, you know, thank you guys for listening. I hope you uh enjoyed and I hope the Celtics get something done at three o'clock and I hope the Red Sox game at one o'clock is very good. Um I'm I'm thinking it will be. They've never lost. They have the Red Sox have never lost to one of these college teams that they play. So let's see if that streak can can survive. And it'll be weird. It's going to be the first official Red Sox game without David Ortiz, without a uh, you know big poppy. So hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully it's not gonna you know bring me teary eyed because I loved Ortiz. Um, he loved these games too. He would always have a fun time with the college kids. Uh, if if I remember correctly. Um. So anyways, thank you guys for listening. This was Chowderhead Sports, and Red Sox baseball is back.